eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning Five here on Wednesday, October 23rd, 2019. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. Back to Ohio State against Wisconsin this Saturday at the Horseshoe High Noon. Buckeyes favored by 14 points. I think it opened at 13 and a half. And I know it went to 14 and a half. Now it's down to 14. Um, that's really irrelevant. I mean, just what are your thoughts about this game? Do you think the Buckeyes are going to keep rolling? Do you think this might be a close game? Just uh, how do you think this is going to play out? Well, there's two schools of thought right now, Dave. One is that Ohio State has not played anyone with a pulse, and they need challenged. And, you know, well, it would be interesting to see how Ohio State does finally playing a real strong opposition. Uh, and then there's the other school of thought that goes, well, we said that, but now Cincinnati's ranked in the top 20 and might win 11 games, and Ohio State beat them by six touchdowns. So I, I think – I think Wisconsin is a better team, certainly, than they showed last week. I think they're a team that can run the football as well as anybody in America. I think the bigger question with Wisconsin, and this is something that Dan Rubin and I had talked about previously on the uh, the almost live show on Sunday, the last couple weeks before Wisconsin's shocking losses, can you trust Jack Cohen to get it done if he has to? And According to the Illinois game, the answer is no. I think this will be – this won't be a cakewalk for OSU. I think this is one where if OSU wins, it's one of those ones where it's fairly tight and then they pull away. Um, that the truth is, if Ohio State goes out and wins this game with authority, we have a real monster on our hands. And I think that's sort of what we're finding out this week is, how good is this OSU team? Are they just, you know, normal OSU good and can beat Wisconsin 24-21 to 21 or something? Or are they juggernaut on both sides of the football Top 10 team in America on offense and defense. Stomp the Wisconsin Badgers, you know, 34 to 10. If we have a 34 to 10 kind of game, then the sky is not just the limit. It's becoming the expectation. If it's the other way around where it's a much tighter game, and again, I think Ohio State wins this game. I, I don't know if it's going to be a big one or a little one. But if this is the first time that the fear shows up, that, 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 that sickening feeling in your stomach that, oh, God, is this game going to go the wrong way? If that shows up in this game for the first time, then you've still got a really good OSU team on hand. They just may not be as 
immortal as they felt the first seven games. So I'm fascinated to find that part out. We don't have long to wait. Three days away, and again, kickoff at high noon. We only have to wait when we wake up on Saturday morning. I like that. I know a lot of people might not. Selfishly, as a reporter, I love it. Um, get the get work done, you know, early in the evening, and then get to watch some football at night. I love it. I love it even more if the Buckeyes take care of business and then some. All right, moving on. Justin Fields. I feel like we're not talking about him enough. Like he is just playing out of his mind. I mean, we we talked about him all off season, how we thought he'd be good, but it was there's some question marks. Would he be raw? I made the comment I thought he'd be good, but there'd be ups and downs. Um, there's just been ups. <laughs> I mean, there's sure to be some adversity he will face, and it might happen this week. But my gosh, Bax, has he been just out of this world good? And what's crazy is they haven't even tried to run him very much out of fear of him getting hurt. So we haven't really seen his whole repertoire yet. And the truth is, I, I remember having this conversation with you over the summer. I, I think we both expected him to have to run more for success early on in the season, and it, it just has not happened. I didn't expect his passing to be so close to the Haskins level uh, that we've seen this year. I mean, what does he have, like 20-something touchdown passes in one pick? That's mind-bogglingly crazy. Uh, at this point, Justin Fields is on the very short list of Heisman contenders, and I, it's not a stretch to say OSU's season went from good to great the moment that he arrived. And you know what's even more fun is they get him next year, too. But this is a bona fide NFL quarterback. OSU may have gone decades without a first-round pick at quarterback, and they may have two in the in the span of three years. So I, I don't really know what – it's like I said in the bucket this past week. We can copy-paste all the accolades we've given up to this point. Every single week it feels like we're saying the same thing. Holy crap, they're good. That's the gist of all of it. Well, that's the same thing here. And if we're copy-pasting after this next week – then Fields is officially, you know, Michigan September Heisman candidate territory to legitimate Ohio State Heisman candidate territory. Because Heisman trophies are won with Heisman moments. And, you know, if Fields goes out and decks Wisconsin and plays really well again, I don't know if that's necessarily a Heisman moment, but you can certainly point out and go, look what he did against the Badgers. Injuries are starting to mount on the offensive line, specifically at offensive tackle for Ohio State. Now, the good news, none of the injuries are serious, um, but they are banged up, as we all know. Thayer Mumford um, did play last week, but, was, you know, he didn't start. Pettit Ferrer started. Petit Ferrer, i got to stop calling him Pettit Ferrer. Petit Ferrer started, um, did not play well. Um, Dewan Jones got in late. He looked good, so that's, that's a positive sign. And Ryan Day really gushed about Dewan Jones yesterday. said they're not planning on redshirting him now. That was the original plan. Um, at least that's what Brian Day did say that was the original plan. I just imagine that was the original plan. Um, but I think he's just far surpassed their expectations. But looking at the O-line, we know Brandon Bowen's been banged up. Josh Allaby's been banged up. Uh, Thayer Mumford's banged up. Petit Ferrer's not banged up, but he's not playing good. Um, is this a major concern, minor concern? Just how do you look at this? Well, I think it's a minor concern as long as this guy can get through this week. And here's why. Uh, you've got to play well against Wisconsin. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But after that, you have the week off, then you play Rutgers in Maryland. So there's a little bit of time where you can trust a guy like NPF a bit more because the level of competition is not quite there. And look, he, he started against Northwestern, and the coaches had to pull him for the rest of the first half after a couple series. And people can say, well, I thought he looked okay. I thought he looked okay. If he was looking okay in the eyes of the coaches, they would not have put an injured Thayer Munfer in for him against a team that they would ultimately end up beating by seven touchdowns. So 
I've been saying since the start of the year that it's amazing. OSU has eight legit dudes on the O-line, four of whom can play tackle. I think the staff disagrees. I think the staff thinks we have three. So getting through this Wisconsin game relatively healthy at tackle is critical because they've got essentially a month off until Penn State after that. You can play NPF against Rutgers at left tackle and you'll be fine or at right tackle or whatever, right? Rutgers and Maryland are not the same as Penn State or Wisconsin. Who's the team a month out from this Badgers game? So I, I think the offensive line injuries aren't a major concern unless they're to the point where you're having to put NPF on the field against Wisconsin. Then I get more concerned because the staff's confidence in him is, no, in him is nowhere near as high as I think most of us thought it would be. Whereas Munford Bowen and, 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 uh, and uh, Alibi, I, I don't really think there's much difference in terms of the level of play. I think technically Alibi is the third guy, but every time he's been in going back to last season, for the most part, he's looked very good. Uh, he had a little bit of a rough start in the Michigan State game, but other than that, that's sort of been atypical. So as long as you have two of those guys help you throughout the Badger game, I'm feeling pretty good at OSU's O-line because, again, they're going to get the chance to heal up. Looking at Baron Browning's situation, there were some conspiracy theorists out there when he didn't make the trip last week. Um, I was thinking, oh, maybe he's not hurt. Maybe it's a suspension. And because Ohio State's being very coy, they're not going to – if someone's on the status report is out, they're not going to specify if it's an injury or if he's someone suspended. Um, but I always thought if it, if it was something – you know, if it was a suspension, we probably would have heard something through the grapevine. Um, I had a chance to ask Ryan Day about this yesterday. He confirmed it is an injury. Um, you know, they'll update us on Friday, you know, if Baron Browning is going to play or not. But, you know, Ryan Day was asked about it after the game and on Friday night, and he was very vague. He just said, well, the check when we get back. Um, but he he might be okay for next week. And he kind of said something similar yesterday. He just said um, – He's prog- it's an injury. He's progressing, and he's doing well, but they'll just have to see how the week goes. So, um, you know, just address that situation, and do you think it's, it's important to get Baron Browning back for a game like this? God, yes. Um, as one of the people who was not a necessarily a conspiracy theorist, but I did put an item in the bucket saying, man, I hope this is just a little nagging injury. And the calculus was, we can beat Northwestern handily without having to, to risk Brown and getting hurt further for a much bigger game next week. Uh, I, I, I think that that's exactly what Ryan Day did. And look, this isn't like – like we've noticed Ryan Day do a little bit of three-dimensional chess this year in his coaching. The, the timeout when his defense was in trouble in Nebraska, for example, shows that there's a little bit of game management ability here in him that not a lot of coaches possess, right? And I think from a program management perspective – Ryan Day looked at this situation and likely said, Barron can play against Northwestern, but why the heck would we whenever I need him next week more than anything? And while I've always said I think South Portland fares better against the the run-the-ball-straight-at-you types because he's usually playing in a fairly enclosed space and just has to tackle someone, at this point it's become incredibly obvious that Barron Browning is the better option of the two. Baron Browning is more physical. He's attacking the ball better. He's just flat out more effective at middle linebacker. And he better get 80%, 90% of the snaps when this game is in doubt this week. And so if he's healthy and able to go from what appears to be nothing more than a nagging little injury, then he absolutely positively needs to start and play. Because against a pounding Wisconsin defense, 
that's going to at some point or another run out that hippo package where they have eight O-linemen on the field blocking. You're going to need Baron Browning, plain and simple. So uh, from a defensive perspective, Baron Browning's status is the number one concern for me this week because if he plays, then you have essentially a fully healthy defense. And I don't know how Wisconsin really moves the ball too effectively if OSU's front seven is fully enforced. I absolutely love the Ryan Day is playing three-dimensional chess comment. Uh, very, very well stated. Um, now let's get to a coach maybe it's playing a uh, one-dimensional checkers, Jim Harbaugh up at Michigan. Now I know they're feeling good about their moral victory that they went to Penn State and didn't get blown out. I mean, this is how far Michigan has fallen. They're, 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 their board is doing like, not, not everybody, not every Michigan fan feels this way, but uh, a lot of them are doing like victory, moral victory laps after they didn't get blown out against Penn State when it looked like they were going to. Um, I want you to talk about um, the Notre Dame game at Michigan. Uh, it's a pick 'em for those that are wondering in Vegas. It's a pick 'em, um, and also Bax. There's a story that came out um, on Football Scoop yesterday, and I think Football Scoop does a good job. They don't bat a thousand; nobody does. But they're reporting that. They're hearing Harbaugh has an exit strategy after this year. Not that he'll leave for sure, but that there's his people are reaching out to the NFL. There's mutual interest with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, so just your thoughts on Notre Dame at Michigan and also this report that there could be an exit strategy for Harbaugh after the season. Well, yeah, there's an exit strategy. He's in year five of his program. He's barely beaten his rivals. And right now, one of the tentpole programs – it's a moral victory when they play them close, and that's Penn State. We're not even talking about the morass that is them losing to OSU every year, generally in blowout fashion. So, of course, Jim Harbaugh is trying to assess his options because at this point, if I'm him, I'd be getting sick of getting shit kicked every year too. So them getting close to Penn State is the most farcical moral victory ever. It's not year one or two. It's the fifth year for Harbaugh. And you're going up against the Penn State team who, sure, they're undefeated still, but that barely edged Iowa last week. That has been outgained four or five times this year already. And, yes, they have a great talented defense, but there's no moral victories in a game that you controlled the whole second half and you dropped the touchdown pass with two minutes left that would have tied it. And I don't know if Penn State had the ability to score again on you. The bottom line is that school up north, that was their best shot to win a big game this year with this Penn State game because they were down 21 nothing, and then they took the game over from there. And outside of one long pass to K.J. Hamler, which, whoops, he's from Michigan. Good job recruiting Harbaugh. You want to know why they don't win these big games? It's because Harbaugh doesn't get the best players up there anymore. And in the end, a moral victory is – that and 50 cents will buy you a pack of gum. I'm sorry. There's no moral victories in year five. What's going to happen? OSU beats them by two touchdowns this year, and they go, well, it's way better than last year. No. You still lost big. So Jim Harbaugh having an exit strategy is the least surprising thing ever. And if anything, I think the Michigan administration would probably go, well, we, we technically, quote, don't want you to leave, but if you do, good luck. We don't have to pay you a buyout. We don't have to go through the PR of firing a coach who's still hot, popular from his playing days. And honestly, from an OSU point of view, I hope he doesn't leave. Because at this point, he's becoming that coach that you can trust to be just good enough to make the win over them every year look like a great win. 
because this is a coach who I genuinely don't believe is ever going to be a big game winner at that school up north. And that carries over to this week because I don't know how that – the only reason that game's a pick in Vegas is because it's the two most technically delusional fan bases in college football, right? Every year Michigan and Notre Dame are like 9-1 to one to win the national championship, and neither one sniffs at it, right? Those are the two programs that always start in the top ten and then typically end up number 24. So I, I, I think there's a lot of uh, Vegas recognizing which fan bases are involved versus an actual – perspective on the game I think Notre Dame's going to stomp them I've said that since the summer Penn State Notre Dame in back weeks is oh good luck to that right so again Jim Harbaugh is five and two his team's looking at a very realistic eight four seven and five kind of season because they still have Sparty and Ohio State left after this week again good luck I I think you're flat out looking at a, a, a Jim Harbaugh who He's he's looking at the NFL because it seems like a lot more fun than getting beat up every time you play a top ten game. And I think he's just getting fed up with it all. Oh, if he goes out zero and five against Ohio State, that'll be beautiful. What a way to go out! Great stuff as always from the People's Champ Matt Baxendale. I appreciate it, Bax, and thanks to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. I appreciate that as well. I hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. <laughs> Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.